What's up, everybody? Welcome to another State of VR. This is the Everything Virtual Podcast. I am Zane here with Ronnie. Ronnie, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. How are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing really well. Uh, excited to chat about VR. Um, it's one of those things that I don't get to as much as uh, I used to. Or as I know. As I do, but whenever we get the chance to talk like this and at least do the State of VR uh, episodes, I'm always pumped just because there's so much going on. Uh, yep. And not all good things right now, actually, which is probably what we want to uh, jump into. But, you know, I guess that's just kind of the state of flux for for everyone, for every industry. But obviously, um, the VR industry is getting hit by some of this health-related news with the coronavirus as well. So I figure this will just be kind of an expanded news uh, segment for us. Uh, We are going to save our gameplay talk for another episode that we can hopefully do soon. But, um, yeah, I mean, the big one that's coming up next month is GDC and Ronnie, man, I know, I know you were definitely planning to go. I was planning to go now. We've both had some, uh, kind of personal and work related things that have come up, which might make it more difficult, but there's also some unforeseen health related issues that have come up, which we are actually not spearheading or we, we weren't the ones who actually were, we're thinking this through until a lot of companies actually started dropping out due to the coronavirus. So um, let me just go through the list here of official ones. And this is as of today via Shack News. So we got EA, Facebook, and Oculus with them, Kojima Productions, Kowloon Knights, and Sony. Mm-hmm. So for a gaming conference and specifically a VR conference or the VR portion of the conference, I mean, Oculus and Facebook are a big part of that. I mean, EA on the gaming side, but mm-hmm. we're really focused just on the VR side. And obviously, you know, you got your three somewhat big players in terms of headsets with Valve, Oculus, and then, um, sorry, Valve, Oculus, and then HTC, uh, the original, but I mean, with Oculus not showing up, we haven't heard too much about the other companies uh, in terms of Valve and HTC. But I, I don't know, man. What are you, what are your thoughts? To me, obviously, health is is a very important concern. Sorry, to cut you off. Health no, is a very you're good. Concern, but you know, what are you, what are your thoughts on how this will uh, affect GDC and, and just the overall conference? Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I I do think it will impact GDC. I mean, as far as people already not wanting to really travel so much, and then with those big companies pulling out, I think that would also impact, you know, company, other smaller companies and smaller individuals. Um, you know, it's already a big monetary investment to come to some of these conferences for certain folks. So I, I can imagine, you know, it becoming a more difficult decision, whether or not you're going to attend the conference when you know that a lot of the big players aren't going to be there. Um, particularly with, with VR, I mean, Oculus has been, you know, a, a major driving force in the industry. So Oculus not attending the show is a big blow. Uh, I'm not sure that they were going to show off new hardware or anything like that. But, uh, you know, last year they had a huge presence showing off both the Quest and the Rift S. Mm-hmm. And, and we had, uh, we, we had the, the chance to check out both of those, those hardware uh, headsets in advance, as well as a lot of titles through Oculus. So the fact that they're not going to be there this year is, is a big blow. Um, it, I'm sure. I'm sure there are a lot of business meetings that happen, and a lot of developers uh, looking forward to meeting with people from Oculus at at an event like GDC. So that would be a, a big blow. Um, the other thing is just the fact that 
VR requires you to be so up close and personal with other people and headsets and gear and all that sort of thing. Sharing headsets and all that. Too. Yeah. So, so I think the challenges of, I know GDC is working really hard to make sure that everything is as hygienic as, as possible there. Uh, they released a statement stating that, that they're doing, you know, they're taking all the kind of steps that would be necessary to make it a safe and, and productive conference. So from their end, it doesn't look like they're slowing down at all. They're, they're ready to go. But, but from the VR side, like I said, I, I would just imagine it's a little bit more challenging for some of those individual, you know, developers and, and smaller teams that might, you know, not be used to having to take all of these heavy precautions. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I mean, and, you know, looking at us, for example, obviously we're not on the development side, but we're a smaller team here that's trying to grapple with, is this the right move for us? You know, um, I, I don't want to misquote it, but something like San Francisco was uh, declaring a state of emergency just to kind of help prepare for this. So, you know, this is, this is definitely a serious, um, something serious to be, or not to be taken lightly in a sense. Mm -hmm. um, and, you know, we, we, before we hit record, we were talking about the fact that these companies are probably um, being overprotective or mm -hmm. at least, or at least kind of going past, like you just don't want to be liable if you're spending or not spending, if you're sending your, um, employees into a place that may not be safe or could be mm -hmm. potentially hazardous. So I, I can understand that, mm -hmm. but this, it, I mean, it's, it's a pretty big conference. You know, you think about the fact that you discovered Beat Saber two years ago at GDC, right. And, yeah. and how, how like that kind of played into Oculus and, um, I, I don't know, man, there's, it's, it's a really tough situation. And I think this isn't, this obviously is not, um, special or specific to VR or the VR industry. You know, the coronavirus is definitely affecting a lot of other areas and uh, kind of the whole economy in general. If you look at the stock market the last couple of days, but in terms of, in terms of this, I mean, I, do we, do we potentially expect more companies or would you expect more companies to drop out now that some players yeah. have? And, and if that happens, you know, is, is GDC a confirmed uh, event that's happening this year? Yeah, I don't know. I, I no, think we'll have to wait and see closer to the date. But of course, we're we're, all, we're we're speculating here. Obviously, I want the conference to succeed, and and obviously, Ronnie and I are trying to figure out the best ways for us to um, still have proper coverage while making sure we're not putting ourselves in that type of position. Again, we will we will put out an official, uh, I guess, everything virtual announcement on whether or not we will be attending. But as of right now, we are taking these things very seriously, and it's just uh, yeah, it's just something that's kind of. Um, making its way across all industries but obviously vr and gdc being somewhat impacted since it's what happening in the next three to four weeks mm -hmm. so yeah i mean any other thoughts on that or have you heard anything else no not not specifically like i said i just i the the big news was that oculus wasn't going to be attending yeah. and then just with all of these concerns and knowing that we would specifically be covering vr that you know you have to take that more into account because yeah. we will be putting headsets on like a lot of the value of going to a conference like this, besides all of the, all, all of the networking uh, opportunities that you receive and just meeting people is getting a chance to try things yeah. while you're there at the show. And I think that is going to be a little bit more difficult with these kind of concerns. And, and I think these concerns with a big conference like GDC are just a little bit more. I mean, I, I know that the U S is taking, coronavirus seriously on other fronts as well. But um, when you have a lot of people coming 
from all over the world to one place, that's a potential, you know, situation where something could spread if, yeah. if, 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 oh, if people, if people do happen to come that don't know they're sick, that's, that's one of the things that I think is a little bit is, is one of the trickiest parts of coronavirus from what I've heard is that, you know, there's, there's a week or so where someone would be infected without any symptoms. Yeah. yeah. And so, right. yeah. So it, I, I don't think anyone would purposely be traveling sick, uh, given, you know, all of this, all of this kind of information out there and, and people's, you know, warning signs being up, but you know, if people don't know that they might be carrying something and then they go to an event like this, um, it could, you know, it could spread pretty quickly potentially. So, yeah, a lot of, like you said, a lot of close contact, a lot of potential, uh, gear sharing, even, and even the thing is like, even with the best, uh, hygiene practices, sometimes it's tough to, uh, make sure or ensure that everything is as clean as it should be. But, But that said, I mean, for people that are going, I mean, I also think that these risks are probably overblown by, you know, if you're a big company, you take the most uh, conservative, uh, you know, look at, at, at approach at, at these kind of types of issues. I mean, for small teams, it's probably, especially for individuals that just feel like it's not that big of a deal. They want to go anyways. Like I'm sure it seems like there's going to be a lot of people there still from what I can tell. So uh, hopefully those people have a successful conference and, uh, hopefully that, you know, their information, it, I, I hope something like this just allows, uh, I guess it, I, I hope that people attending will also realize that people that would have normally attended might not be there. Mm-hmm. And for that reason, I hope they, they take proactive measures to get their messaging out on the internet, out to, uh, people that were potentially going to be attending so that the information still shared. Yeah, no, agreed. I mean, he, so at the end of the day, from a, from a VR perspective, and obviously what we're focused on here with this show and this podcast, I mean, I just, my hope, all health aside, of course, I hope nobody gets sick or anything, but my, my hope is that there isn't a long-term kind of damper on the industry. Mm-hmm. Uh, just because this is such a big event, you know, and there's there's several, several you know, major conferences like this throughout the year, CES, E3, and then probably Oculus Connect. But, you know, G- GDC is is one of the more well-known and, and well-attended ones. So, you know, it's just one of those things where you never know what connections won't be made by the fact that people aren't going. Yeah. So, uh, but, at, but at the same time, like, you can't, it's, you can't really play that, those hypotheticals out of like, what would happen with what way I think it's, it's important to respect everybody's decision in terms of what they want to do. Um, but, you know, my, my hope is that the, it won't put as big of a damper on, on the growth of the industry and, and the connections that are usually made at a conference like that. Yeah, no, I totally agree. So, well, since we're talking about coronavirus, I know one of the other big things we wanted to mention was the fact that the valve index, um, its production is still being affected by the coronavirus. And so Mm -hmm. they have fewer units than planned. And I don't know if you had any other information. I know if we're talking about valve index, we also want to talk about the fact that Half-Life Alex has a release date of March 23rd now. But mm-hmm. uh, do you have any other news to share from the index side of things? I mean, I know yeah. we got this big game coming out and the headsets just are the headsets are just kind of running a little behind. Understand? Yeah. No, I mean, I don't have any more specific information than than what you were mentioning. I mean, I know that uh Valve has still stated despite the fact that there are uh, production delays due to coronavirus that they that they expect to have headsets in stock 
back in stock before the release of Half-Life Alex. So whether that's actually going to happen or not, who knows? I mean, the same thing with the Quest. I think since we recorded the last episode, it came in stock briefly and then was out of stock shortly after that again. And I think it's, it's, I believe it's out of stock now again. So, I mean, they've been, I think all of these companies are doing what they can to try to produce them as quickly as possible. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just, there's been a lot of demand and they quite frankly, just didn't have, you know, production up enough to, to make up for that demand. I, I wonder if part of the problem, and I don't have an economics background, I have no production knowledge of that sort. I do know that it's not super easy to kind of, you know, always, always produce the amount of units that you necessarily will expect to sell. Because if you, I mean, just because production, just because demand is really high now, doesn't mean that demand is going to necessarily stay high. Mm-hmm. And so it might be risky for these companies to, you know, massively ramp up production, let's say, of these headsets now, and then ultimately have too many headsets being produced at some point when the demand shrinks again. So, so like, so, so I don't know of how much of, I don't know how much of this demand has been caused by games like Half-Life Alex and the holidays and all of that. And, and whether these companies view this as sustained product demand to where they need to actually ramp up production yeah. or if, or if it's just one of those things, no, let's keep production where it is. Let's let them trickle out. They'll just continue to sell out. And at some point, you know, we expect demand to kind of equalize. Like, I don't know yeah. what these kind of decisions are. So, well, I mean, uh- yeah, I, I just I would. I'm sure they want to sell as many headsets as they can, but exactly, yeah. But uh, I would say that it's still relatively early in the product cycle for them. Like, I mean, they're not expecting to drop the index to probably this year, maybe not even next year, right? According yeah, to doing it, looking at like that three year cycle. Yeah. So, um, if, if they follow that three year life cycle, but yep. Um, I, you know, I, I would assume right now, just with the hype of the game, I'm sure they just want to have as many available for launch as possible to make sure that people can stream and post videos and play the game um, and just kind of have, you know, take advantage of the wave that's going to be happening around the release in March 23rd. So, yeah. I mean, I think for really hardcore uh, people out there that are just, you know, huge valve fans, huge half-life fans. Mm -hmm. Those are the people I think that are most interested in. I don't care what it costs. I'm getting an index. Like, you know, people, people on the market that haven't gotten into VR, I should say, or people that are looking to upgrade. Okay. So, so, so for people that are looking to upgrade or people that haven't, you know, ha- gotten into VR, but are super excited about half-life, I'd say those are the people most likely to buy an index right now. Mm-hmm. Um, as for the quest, I think the quest interest in the quest, I think is just more general and you'll, you'll have a, a crossover. You'll have people that are interested in games like half-life Alex, but are interested in VR mm-hmm. in general and know that, they, they have, you know, enough knowledge to know that the Quest can connect to the PC. But then you have a lot of people that are just now learning about VR, getting excited about the fact that there are standalone headsets out there and are trying to jump on the Quest. Like, I, I recently have had multiple friends try to buy Quests now. And, 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 you know, it's hard for them to find them, obviously, but those are people that have no idea what Half-Life Alex is. Mm-hmm. They finally got a chance to try the quest and they're just like, this is amazing. I need one of these. And yeah, so yeah. like, I think long-term the quest is going to have a lot of, a lot of continued potential. Mm-hmm. Um, so hopefully, yeah, hopefully those, 
things get more ramped up on that front. And I think Oculus in the meantime has been doing a good job of, of getting more and more titles in, in the quests Oculus store. Yeah. Cause really like, I mean, when I boot up my like, quest right now, I just saw that that came out. So yeah, no. Yeah. And, and I mean, just this, I don't know if you're familiar, but there was a game on PlayStation VR called Go, uh, ghost giant. I, and, I heard of it. Yeah. 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 And I had really been interested in it when, it had released on PlayStation, but obviously I don't have a PlayStation VR. They released that on the Quest, and so I picked that up. And uh, there's a lot of great titles, like a lot of high-quality PC VR titles that have been ported over. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think we had covered a little bit of Arizona Sunshine on the Quest before. Um, Vacation Simulator's on the Quest now, and Vacation Simulator is almost like a, a PC perfect port. Like I, uh, you know, it, it plays just like the PC version from what I played and looks amazing. So there's been a lot of really high quality stuff on, on the quest. Autica, the, the game from Harmonix was recently released on the quest. And also I'm trying to think O shape, which I haven't had a chance to play yet, but I've heard is pretty cool. I don't know. There's just a lot of really cool games on the quest. And I think that for I mean, we've been since the Quest release, we've been harping it up as kind of the the go to option for people that aren't you know super specific about having you know the highest end hardware or like you know the, people best, on the fence. Value best value for experience is how I for sure. Yeah. And and really, the fact that it's wireless is just amazing. So, anyways, not to not to derail our conversation too much okay. or anything, but but yeah, I mean, I with with how well the Quest, I think is doing and has the potential to do. And with all of the demand for the index and half-life Alex coming out, which I'm really excited and anxious and, you know, curious to see how, how that impacts things. Um, yeah, hopefully, hopefully more people will be able to buy headsets here in the coming future. Yeah, no, hundred percent. Um, you just, I mean, you just hope that I guess all this coronavirus stuff kind of trickles down, not trickles down, but at least dies down a little bit and it's, it's not affected, but you know, yeah. um, I hope I, hopefully none of that stuff ends up being as as, as, serious, as, as serious as people think it could be. And I, I mean, I, I'm all for being cautious and I'm glad that people are taking it seriously because hopefully that will mean that it doesn't get as bad as it could have been. Yeah, but. no, 100 um, percent. OK, cool. So we covered all the GDC stuff and Valve. I know we had a couple other topics that we wanted to look at. The first was, since we're talking about Oculus, is Facebook acquiring the VR studio that created Asgard's Wrath, mm-hmm. uh, which is, I just want to make sure I say it rightly, Sanzaru Games. Yeah, I believe so. Bay Area, um, they are Bay Area based. They developed Asgard's Wrath, and this is uh, kind of coming on the heels of them acquiring, as we were talking about before this, you know, Beat Saber. So uh, the studio that brought to you Beat Saber. So, um, yeah, I mean, what do you, what are your thoughts on this in terms of Oculus kind of just scooping up companies that are making some great games? Now, obviously I think Beat Saber had a more mainstream appeal with, Mm -hmm. you know, and and was definitely more well known, Mm -hmm. but I think the hype around Asgard's Wrath was legitimate in the sense of it being kind of a, a game for, for serious gamers who are trying to get into VR, um, Mm -hmm. and not just, I'm not going to call it. Beat Saber tech demo, but that's more like a, a social game that, mm-hmm. that got a lot of coverage through that. But you know, mm-hmm. Asgard's Wrath uh, offering what it did, mm-hmm. 
I mean, what what are your thoughts? Do we expect more of this? Yeah, I mean, I, I mean, I, I now realizing that that happened, I'm not surprised. Just in terms of, I don't know if if Oculus was involved at all in the funding of Asgard's Wrath. I mean, I know it was a game that was exclu- exclusive to the Oculus Store, so it makes sense to me that a team that did that well and was able to make su- such a successful uh, VR product that Oculus would want to scoop them up to make them an exclusive studio. Um, And I'm happy for studios that are able to kind of see their payday. And, you know, I, you don't want studios, you hate to see people lose control of their companies. Um, And so you never know, like, I mean, I think every fit is going to be different. So hopefully Sanzaro games is that hopefully they just see lots of benefits from, from being acquired by face by Facebook and, you know, don't, kind of, you know, see any of the problems that sometimes, you know, arise in those types of situations. But um, I'm sure they didn't make the, uh, like, who knows where all this stuff is headed. And for a studio that, you know, had a big hit title, made a lot of money, this is, you know, just extra job security for those folks. So hopefully now they can move on to making you know, new projects that are just as awesome as Asgard's Wrath. Hopefully this means that they have even more economic freedom to uh, push what they were able to do in the first game further. Yeah. So, so yeah, so I'm, I, I think it's overall a good thing because I think, I mean, there's so many ways that you can play these games now on multiple headsets. You can, you can use revive to play most of these, all of the Oculus games, you know, pretty much on other headsets, including the the Index or the Vive or the Cosmos, as far as I'm aware. I actually don't know if Cosmos works with Revive, but I assume it does. Okay. But well, yeah. But, but yeah, anyways, I mean, you know, there's Oculus has been pretty pretty good about letting users find ways of playing their games so far on other headsets. Um, so it's not the end of the world for me in that respect. So and and yeah, Asgard's Wrath was awesome. Um, I, I'm still of the opinion that I'd like to see more emphasis placed on like non-typical kind of non-traditional games for VR because I still think that's where I, I think we need to grow the market more in terms of capturing non-gamers rather than gamers. But um, but it doesn't hurt to I mean gamers spend a lot of money and. Asgard's Wrath was really good, so I, yeah, yeah, I I don't mind seeing more of that. Also, but now the the one thing that I do want to bring up, just just so that our our viewers and listeners know that we are um, at least somewhat self aware of ourselves, because if they pull up a, a clip of us in 2016 where there we were talking about exclusives and how exclusives weren't maybe the best thing for the industry. Uh, you know how how has your perspective changed on that? Hmm. And, and before I put you on the spot. Uh, I mean, I'll say for me, I still think that VR is in a place where it would benefit from not having too many exclusives. Mm-hmm. Uh, I still, I still stand by that. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I think what's been really interesting for for you and I, uh, and especially the position that we've been in in terms of being able to really connect on a personal level with a lot of these developers and a lot of these development studios. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know, it's a big payday for them, and it's a big reward for the effort that they're they've been putting in. Um, and it's a survivor, was it called survivorship bias? Like a lot of these, a lot of these studios, they'll operate a loss. They won't get anything. They won't go anywhere. So 
I definitely happy for the the people at Sanzaro. I mean, they made a fantastic game. They made a couple of fantastic games, and you definitely want to see that ingenuity, that creativity, that execution be rewarded. Mm-hmm. Um, and granted, like I, you know, I think our opinion has probably definitely been shaped by the fact that we are now no longer just covering the Vive. We're mm-hmm. covering all platforms. So you know, at the end of the day, I think the the net benefit of Facebook still continuing and Facebook and through that through that Oculus still continuing to pour a lot of money into VR and into virtual reality, I think will help to grow VR overall. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's just one of those things where, you know, I, I like competition. I think that it's important and I want to make sure that, um, you know, these these games are available across all platforms. And you kind of alluded to that with with Revive and, and all that. But yeah. It's just no, I, it's one of those yeah. things where I feel like our, our opinion has probably publicly changed. So I just want to, yeah, no, <laughs> dude, good. Yeah. Spot on. And I, and I think I couldn't say any of what you just said better. I mean, you, you nailed it. Um, yeah. The only thing I'd add is that Oculus has shown over the course of the last, you know, two, three years that they've been, uh, there was that brief stint where they, uh, where there was some kind of an update that disabled revive but then they quickly backtracked it. And since then they've allowed all of that stuff to, to peacefully coexist with their platforms. And so, so I, I think I, I might, I mean, despite, you know, knowing all the financials behind how this stuff works, I might be a little bit more sour about this issue. If I wasn't able to find a way to get some of these titles to work on my preferred platform of choice, like my, like my index, um, mm-hmm. But ultimately, I, I think I think in a perfect world, I wouldn't mind having store exclusivity. I just wouldn't want headset exclusivity. So, like I, that's I, I actually, yeah. yeah, and and that's I mean that's not always possible. And I know for some companies, they build the headsets at a loss or don't really you know put as yeah they they they're able to sell them for for less than they would otherwise in order to get you to buy games on their platforms. Um, but at the same time, I mean, I think if, if Oculus wants to pay to have certain content produced, or if valve wants to pay to have certain content produced Epic with, with their Epic game store, like I don't care where a title is sold Mm -hmm. as long as I can experience that on the hardware that I have, hopefully, hopefully that will be something that continues forward. Yeah. No, Agree one hundred percent. So I mean, well, we'll see. Like I said, it's just good to see them pouring more money into the ecosystem, and and hopefully that just means more amazing great games and content from Sanzuru and yep. other other studios. Because I think you have to. I mean, the bottom line with with the economic issues that you had mentioned, um, the bottom line is if games don't sell well enough, even if a game is really awesome, if a studio makes an amazing VR game, and their choice is to get acquired or to stop making VR games and make other types of games. I think most of us here listening to this podcast and interested in VR would prefer, you know, the former and have them get acquired and be able to still produce the awesome VR content that, that they want to make and that we want to, that we want to buy. So. Agreed. Cool, man. Okay, well, let's wrap this up. Uh, I know we have one more thing to cover with the Vive Cosmos, which 
you know, s- speaking candidly, I think you and I have been very publicly unimpressed with um, at least at least so far. Yeah, uh, we, we just want to see HTC do better, which it's it's coming from a place of love. But um, the updates for the Vive Cosmos are the fact that they released, I guess, kind of three new versions of the Cosmos. So just to list them out, we got the Cosmos Elite, we got the Cosmos XR, and the Cosmos Play. Mm-hmm. Uh, now the Elite is going to be the most expensive. It comes with external faceplate, the the base stations, Vive controllers. So the whole bundle is at nine hundred dollars. It'll be and available. we should. Uh- and and you should mention the controllers it comes with are not the Cosmos controllers. Yes, they're actually the the Vive ones. The Vi- so they're the two Vive ones. Yeah. yeah, so they're the ones that used to be packed with the the original Vive, and that, and I believe the base stations are also version 1.0 base stations. So it's basically a Cosmos with a faceplate, and then the original Vive kit. Yeah, kind of, yep. kind of or- together. And again, I mean, I, I guess we're doing some analysis on this. This is more than double the price of the Rift with more equipment. Yeah, but that's that's the elite of what of what HTC is offering. At least, at least you get. I, see this. This is getting partially there to where we wanted them to go. Agreed. Yes. Um, yes. We. I mean, base stations. I mean, granted, I'm starting to be in that camp where, man, if I could get really awesome tracking without base stations, that would be great. But the, at the end of the day, base station tracking is still the highest precision tracking there is. So, uh, if they could keep the price low, that's the only thing. But yeah. I mean, but that package well, that, that seems is the most. That is the highest priced one. Yeah. So we, we don't know the price yet for the Cosmos XR and the Cosmos Play, uh, with the Cosmos Play being the cheapest one. Okay. Um, it has four cameras on the faceplate instead of the the six that the XR has. Um, and I wonder how that would impact tracking, but. Yeah. I mean, I, I May, think we're yeah. just going to have to wait for, for more information. I, I mean, they're saying that there will be more information announced at GDC later okay. this year. Okay. Uh, although if you are interested in the Vive Cosmos elite uh, pre-ordering does start or has started now, February 24th. So as of two days ago, uh, and they're saying that it should be available later in Q1. So um, yeah, I mean, I don't know. I think we're going to have to wait for a little bit more information, but we just wanted to kind of announce that as yeah. something on the horizon for, for new headsets, potentially for 2020. And and did they mention with the, you said Play and, and XR? XR, Is, yeah. Um, I think the XR might have built-in eye tracking. Like it has, it's more focused. It almost sounded like it was more of an enterprise mm-hmm. level. Like it almost did some of the things that, the Vive Pro, i Pro did, but yeah, yeah. it's it's kind of it's the Cosmos version of that without mm-hmm. without base station tracking. That's that's kind of what I got the sense of. But there, I mean, their big thing is they're they're trying to do like a near complete pass through field of view that yeah. uses like majority of the VR display. So I, I think like I think they all have very different, uh, not I think, but they all have very different uh, specific niches that they're trying to to hit. Yeah, um, with probably the the Vive Cosmos Play being the closest to the Quest, and then yeah. you have the the XR and the Cosmos Elite being um, for a little bit more higher end or or, or rather, n- not Quest, but you meant Rift S, I think, because Quest would be like standalone. Right, right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Right, right. So, and that was actually like ironically that it's ironic that you mentioned that because um, I saw somewhere. Like it was probably on Twitter, but people were kind of calling out the HTC marketing around the release of these products mm-hmm. because it looked like a lot of them, like the videos and the marketing, 
kind of showed the headset almost like it wasn't connected to a PC. And yeah, and, and so people were like, man, if you didn't know, you would think that this was a standalone, kind of like the Quest from watching this ad. Yeah. And so I don't know. I, I didn't look at that super closely, but I just know <laughs> that some people were kind of, you know, upset about watching the marketing stuff. And they're like, man, that's sneaky and blah, 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 all that, that stuff. could be dangerous. Yeah. But, but yeah, but I, no, I get the sense that they're just trying to, you know, do what they can with the, with the cosmos at this point. Mm-hmm. And I mean, it sounded like all along they had this idea that they were going, because I mean, when the cosmos initially came out, they talked about the, the lighthouse tracking plate and all of that stuff. So they must've had an idea that at some point they were going to do these things. And it's just a matter of packaging it and coming with the right price. I mean, I, I mean, if they don't fix the tracking, I don't know that like, unless the price point was just so, but I, I can't imagine a price point low enough for the play to where I would recommend something like the play mm-hmm. uh, just because they're tracking on with the six, you know, camera, normal cosmos has still to this day, as far as I'm aware, is still not great. Um, it's still worse than, than the Rift S or even like a lot of the windows MR stuff that I, from what I've heard. Yeah. So, so, so the play doesn't sound very compelling to me. The X you, you said the next one was XR. Yeah. XR. Yeah. The XR sounds like it would be potentially promising for enterprise folks, like for people that had a specific use case for the functionality that it pr- provides. I mean, whether the, the tracking is perfect or not, I think for a lot of enterprise uses, probably doesn't matter as much as, you know, gaming or like, like it depends obviously what the use is. Yeah. But like, I can imagine a lot of different types of enterprise uses don't really require high speed movement and, Mm -hmm. and moving controllers back and forth in front of your face and all that kind of stuff. And if, if the cameras, if the, if the, the pass throughs work really well and all of that, that could potentially be be fine, and if and if that is, then I doubt price would be as big of a factor because, you know, companies that are buying headsets don't really worry as much about price as yeah. as consumers. But but it's really the elite that I feel like kind of misses the mark because that has the potential, I think, to to be the Vive replacement for them. But they need to make it price competitive, and I guess yeah. I guess they're viewing it. I mean, if you really think about it, they're essentially saying it's a little bit worse than an index. So, so we can justify you spending $900 on it instead of a like, thousand. like yeah. it's basically an index, but it doesn't have at this point, it doesn't have the same cachet as, as valve does with the index. Like the index is viewed as a premium product, but at this point, the cosmos, I think the branding on it has been that it wasn't a successful product and 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 HTC kind of, you know, hurt their image with the release of the original Cosmos. Mm-hmm. And so I think in order to 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 make this product kind of fly off shelves, they need to they need needed to be a little bit more aggressive with the pricing. But I could be wrong. I mean, maybe maybe people will say that with the new tracking system, it's you know it's just great and 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 now they can enjoy the comfort of this headset more so than the valve index and you know who knows but yeah, I, i'm yeah. just saying i'm just saying like i i i it would have been so awesome if they were able to somehow get the price point down enough to where they were able to you know sell this kind of a product for closer to 500 dollars 
to where the 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 Cosmos Elite was the competitor to the Rift S rather than the Play. You know, like yeah, that's no, yeah. I I mean I think you brought up a, a ton of great points with there being a marketing kind of or branding miss on this. I think the the pricing in terms of its aggressiveness. Um, I mean, to me, I, I, and again, we don't know what's happening behind the scenes, but it just felt like there was so much hype around the, uh, not the Rift, but the Quest uh, and the Rift S that they're, I I don't want to say that they rushed it because of course we don't know, but it just seems like the cosmos just kind of fumbled its way out. You know, you and I were kind of following this and it was just like a very lukewarm response. And now a couple months later, here we are. And it's kind of being rebranded into three different kind of cross sections. So in my opinion, it's one of those things where I don't know if, if they had just not, if if they'd stopped paying attention to what was happening with the rift and the quest rift S and the quest and just kind of figured out what is the next natural progression that we need from Mm -hmm. the vibe and how do we get there and Mm -hmm. take our time getting there. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that, that to me would, I don't know, maybe, maybe that would have been a better approach, but of course yeah. it's hindsight. Hindsight is 2020 and yeah. we're not, you know, we don't have the, all the, the ins and outs of, of what happened, yeah. but no, this is, this is one of the things we, we, I want, I want to see it compete with the quest, yeah. uh, both from a price standpoint and also just from a compatibility and usage and comfort standpoint. Yeah. Uh, and it's no, just, not, not there yeah. yet. See, I think, I mean, yeah, we don't know the insider details for sure. Um, but it almost seems like they and, and and they're probably right on a lot of these decisions. Like it seems like with like you're hundred percent right. It seems like it was rushed to come out around the time of the Rift S. I don't know if that's accurate or not, but um but what's clear to me is that with the quest and the Rift S on the horizon, HTC clearly viewed uh you know inside out tracking tracking without outside sensors Mm -hmm. as being something that was an absolute necessity for their future headsets. Yeah. And so it seems like they put a lot of resources towards that. And maybe they just don't have the same type of engineering chops as those other companies. Obviously they don't have as much money to spend on it as Oculus does. Um, And so they're, they just weren't able to do as great of a job at the tracking as those products. And so, so maybe they were forced to do that. Maybe there's no way that you can be successful in VR long-term if you don't get into finding a way to do inside-out tracking right. And so maybe in the long-term, HTC will get it right, and the, the Cosmos' tracking system was just kind of a, a necessary kind of stopgap to mm-hmm. getting there. Um, but, you know, it, to me, it just seems like instead of focusing on, on changing the tracking system, it would have been awesome if they would have instead focused on, you know, the Vive and the Vive Pro and how can we make that same experience using Lighthouse tracking yeah. um, cheaper? Like, I, I, I think that would have had, but, but I don't know, like maybe, maybe Lighthouse VR is incompatible with mass consumers. And so no matter how cheap you get it, it still won't be a huge success. I don't know. Like I'm sure they did a lot of analysis on oh, sure, what yeah. should what should, what we should do, and they picked probably the one that made the most sense given the circumstances. But yeah, yeah it's just like now seeing what this product is, I it would have been awesome for them to instead like find a way to you know I don't know release a lighthouse based system that's cheaper. Yeah, I, but 
Yeah, I, I mean, I, th- I think the disappointing thing is just the fact that they came out the gates super hot. No pun intended. Uh, <laughs> they came out the gates super hot with how they approached the vibe versus the original rift, right? Like the, the original vibe versus the original rift. Like for them, they saw the headset and they they were playing 3D chess in terms of knowing what was two moves ahead and that we you're not just going to want the headset. You're going to want to be able to move around in room scale. And so there was like a, a, a focused development on that and getting that to be just right. Um, and so obviously inside out tracking was an important part, but it would have been really cool for them to kind of think like, okay, well, what, what are the next kind of steps where, where do we want to be? What is not just one step away, but what is like two to three steps away? And how do we like really implement that and put something together? That's an awesome package that really, really becomes VR 2.0. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, I, Cause I would, I'd rather, I'd rather have that and wait like an extra couple of years um, than kind of have these like, I don't know, one and a half, a version 1.5 that don't really do anything or add any value. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. That's, that's just my opinion. Again, neither of us work there. So yep. <laughs> this is, this is just uh consumer feedback at its, uh, at its core. Yeah. I mean, but, um, as yeah. with, the other topics that we've mentioned, I mean, we want HTC to do well. So hopefully these products are able to find some kind of a niche. Yeah. Um, and ho- hopefully they become, you know, competitive where they need to be and all that kind of stuff. I mean, this is one reason why GDC would be really interesting because it sounds like HTC is going to be there from some of those press release information if, mm-hmm. if nothing changes. So I, it would be interesting to see and try these headsets ourselves because I mean, full disclosure, I have not tried Same. a Cosmos yet. Yeah. And, and actually, that would be really valuable to talk about this, you know, have this discussion further. Hopefully, we get a chance to try the Cosmos and the, the other iterations because maybe there's something we're missing. Maybe, maybe there's something about that headset. I mean, I remember when we were at GDC last year, there was a lot of negative press about the Rift S before its release. Like in terms of, I think the people that were trying the Rift S liked it a lot. Yeah. But that, but pe- commenters on on the internet, I should say, that hadn't tried it, looked at the specs, and they were like, "Ah, eh, but these specs." But the specs don't always tell the whole story. Yeah. So sometimes you just need to try the headset on, yeah, and exactly. and yeah. So so maybe there's there's more to these than meets the eye. True, true. Um, I mean, there's a lot more that goes into the the Rift S, but also I think the price point made it something that was still appealing. Yeah. Um, but yeah, man. I mean, crazy, crazy times ahead for VR. Uh, hopefully, more good than bad with you know a lot of the the health fears and things like that. But um, we will keep up to date with everything. You got anything else? I think. I'll- um. I no. I think that's pretty much it. I'm just looking forward to to playing more games. I mean, I have so many games on my list. Uh, you know, uh, there's a free game that just came out today in Steam, Jar Jar Wars. I've heard, okay, I've heard it's really fun. It looks like it looks fun, so I, it's free and it's a okay. VR title. So I'm gonna check that out. And I still need to play Ghost Giant, which I picked up, but haven't had a chance to play yet. And yeah, had a chance to play a bunch of other titles, but we'll we'll get to that in a future episode. Yeah, we'll we'll do we'll do gameplay kind of coverage and game talk soon. So. 
Um, all right, guys. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. Uh, we will have more episodes for you very soon. But yeah, so, sorry, it's been a little slow. It's just been it's it's, it's been one of those times of the year for us. So. Life has been a little crazy. But Ron, Ronnie and I are actively trying to figure out how to uh, continue getting you regular content. But we appreciate you so much for tuning in, and just know that uh, there will be more coming soon. So until then, take care, stay safe with all the stuff that's happening, and um, yeah, we'll have more VR content for you guys soon. Bye.